0: You are now listening to The Film Frequency Podcast, hosted by your professionally unprofessional film critics, The Film Bros. What's going on, film family? It's your boy, Hayes, one half of The Film Bros, and I'm back for another episode of The Film Frequency Podcast. Unfortunately, my brother JB is not here, so I'm going to have to hold it down for the team alone solo this week uh we'll see what me and jb can get back going on it's been some scheduling stuff not just on his side on on my side as well um this week we'll be actually reviewing tomorrow war infinite and uh the first uh in the trilogy series film street fear street (laughs) on netflix um and so uh, just all streaming episodes, so all these, if you have the services, you can stream these today. You don't have to go to the movie theater to do it. But before we get into all that, we're going to get into the news and the first bit of news that we have for this week's episode. Ice Cube and Warner Brothers seem to be at odds over how to continue the Friday series. And so the reason why I put this on here is the Friday series is iconic culturally, right? I think for, in many different ways, like it's a classic. Um, I don't know how like, outside the community, uh the black community really views the Friday series. I just I don't have a form of reference for that. All I know is that it's a huge one in the community. It's great, like just the whole story behind it, how Ice Cube got got it started. And you know, Chris Tucker has not been back. Now reportedly, and this has changed over the last few years, there like a different report on it every year, but Ice Cube has wrote a story that was going to bring everyone back, meaning Smokey, uh, who was played by Chris Tucker. Um Unfortunately, there have been some deaths. Uh, You know, John Witherspoon's pops has died um, between uh, Friday After Next and this one, um, who unfortunately would not be not be back. Now, it seems like right now, um, the at least according to Ice Cube, is that the uh, that, you know, the rights and the fourth installment are kind of what what's uh, the disagreement is about, you know, and this is something that, you know, we talk about a lot on the Breaks Radio is the ownership, like you know, all this time, I I just assume that Ice Cube owned the rights to the Friday franchise. Now, apparently that's not true. Um, Warner Brothers has at least a part of her ownership. So it's not like Ice Cube can take it to like a Netflix or whatever to to make the sequel without Warner Brothers approval or their blessing or them signing off on it. So, you know, you know, I would love to see the series wrap up. I would love to see because, you know, they're going to in some way pay some respects to John Witherspoon and Pops and that character. And, you know, overall, I just think like to see Chris Tucker come back and to be on screen with Ice Cube and if Mike Epps is in there as well, you know, if they bring back Cat Williams and everybody like it was originally supposed to be um, be done, even, you know, we lost um, Tiny Lester, uh, Debo's character, who uh, was in the first, who was not in the third. Um, so yeah, just, just you know, to, to have that series wrap up, to pay respects to the ones who are no longer here, I would love to see how Ice Cube's going to do that and how that was going to be done but you know what uh that is the industry in the in the movie industry itself so let me know what you guys think about it do you are you still excited for the potential of a next friday movie i believe the title that's been hyped for years now is it'll be titled last friday which is fitting um so i guess we'll see it remains to be seen you know what that how much of that original concept is going to be held in and then what if the film is actually made what's going to become of it um moving on to piece of news number two this one is about Black Panther 2. So like, and not to get into, you know, there's huge speculation going on. Well, not speculation, but conversation happening over if they should recast T'Challa, if they shouldn't. um I'm not going to have that conversation. Believe me and JB already touched on it a little bit. I've also touched on it on my solo podcast, The Awakened. So uh, I understand both sides of it. I don't feel like one side has more points to be made over the other. Um, With that being said, you know, I'm not going to, like I said, I'm not going to really dive into that here. But an unofficial log line, which is like a description um, of the film has come out. We don't know if it's this has not been verified. So let's just make this clear. This has not been verified. But that log line uh, basically points to a war or something going on between Wakanda and Atlantis built around vibranium. And uh, this log line says that, you know, um, vibranium, uh, you know, once thought to only be in Wakanda and the Atlantis don't the Atlantis citizens don't want uh surface dwellers um to really mess with them they're very much secluded like Wakanda was but then there's speculation that vibranium is indeed at Atlantis and it's leading people uh to to go into Antarctica where they may find and ultimately discover Atlantis. Now how that plays into Atlantis versus Wakanda if that's a storyline that's going to be told who's Wakanda's new king. None of that is really addressed in this log line. Me personally, I don't really I, this this just seems like a fan made logline to me. Like even even if Atlantis and Namor the Submariner is in this film, I I you know I'm not saying that a version of the story couldn't. I just don't think based off what I read here, it just doesn't feel like what we've heard about it up until this point. We did hear that you know Wakanda Forever um, is the the subtitle of this film, and that it's about you know us learning more about the characters there. And I personally just when I got from that, I think I feel like this Black Panther 2 is going to be more of a personal story that helps us uh, understand how these characters are going to be moving on without King T'Challa since, you know, they're not recasting that character. Also, who's going to take up that mantle of the Black Panther just seems like a lot to add in. Also building and, 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 you know, setting the Submariner in Atlantis and those citizens and really introducing us to those people as well just seems like a lot to try to do all that in one movie to me now marvel can do it a lot of marvel has accomplished a lot in one movies and in one set film so i'm not saying that it's not possible you know just i'm this is my own speculation rather than me saying what the film is going to be for sure um so that's my opinion on it love to hear you guys' opinion um and you know moving on from that next up f9 uh the fast saga as it's titled uh has the biggest opening um of pre-covid post-covid world um and this was kind of to be expected you know i think um there was some speculation going on if it was going to be fast nine or if it was going to be black widow to be the first to cross 100 million opening weekend clearly it's fast nine it came out first this bodes well for the film industry i think uh in a lot of places now films are i'm sorry um theaters are planning to reopen 100 so have that capacity back it makes sense more people are feeling comfortable going to the movies and you know, that comes more and more. I know here personally, they're still doing COVID um, protocols They're not reopening a hundred percent. So, you know, it's not open a hundred percent across all the country, but it's, we're going to keep seeing those records come down as we uh, continue forward. we'll see what, what black widow does, but you know, this is not a review of fast nine. So I'm not going to get into the quality of the film, but this is a tentpole franchise in a time where things are reopening. Uh, people are feeling more comfortable and they're more aware of now, um, you know, going to the theaters and and being safe there. And a lot of mass restrictions and the vaccine and all of that plays into it, makes a lot of sense. It's great to see the theater business coming back um, on top. Number four, the last bit of news that we have, and I want to talk about this one, the Mini Sinks of Newark trailer. So this is the prequel movie to The Sopranos, um, actually starring uh, the main character's son as the same character. So it's a lot there. This trailer, I think, was amazing i think the tone that it set is one that it feels like the show and not in like a mimicking way but in a this feels like if they were going to do some flashbacks if they're going to do a season set in the past by the same creators and everything this is what i would imagine to feel like and for us to see that character and to get you know his rise so to say to get him younger to get him played by son there's just a lot of just magic that's going on i feel like With this movie, the trailer captured that really perfectly to me. Um, And there's been a lot of hype. You know, it's funny because we knew that the movie was coming, but it kind of got announced, went away. At least personally, I haven't heard a lot of buzz from it since then. It kind of just did its thing. Um, I know people were expecting it. People love The Sopranos. Um, But for me, I think this trailer completely smashed all my expectations in a good way. Because, you know, I I was thinking, you know, it's going to be a nice little story to, to see where they started. But like this feels like something special and so um gonna love to see the movie it's something that i'm really really looking forward to um but that's it for news you know just to start off the show we get into the news we're gonna get into reviews we have three movies we're gonna be talking about this week um since jb's not here i'm gonna go ahead and and pack you full of content rather than you know try to make up for the the on my own of jb not being here so we're gonna get into uh trailer for the first one we're going to be covering and then I'll catch you guys right after that with the first review we'll be doing with which is uh Tomorrow War. See you guys right after this. Okay, none of you are my child. Has anyone seen Mary? Ha. Oh. We are fighting a war, 30 years in the future. This is a joke? Our enemy is not human. We need you to fight. You got drafted. I will be back. Why is this happening? What about the teacher's deferment? And the veteran's deferment? If I don't go, they're going to draft you in my place. But if something does happen to me, you and Miri will be taken care of. If something happens to you, Dan, 70% of draftees do not return. Sometimes a man does what's best for his family, not himself. Move your shirt, please. And what's this for? It was just a test. All right. So if I did my job correctly, that was the trailer for Tomorrow War. And this movie starring Chris Pratt, um, it has Yvonne. I don't know how to pronounce her name, uh, but uh, you, some of you may know her. Uh, I originally got a, uh, aware of her with Chuck. Um, she's been in some other things. And, you know, this movie, what I would say is this. Um, I feel like, okay, first, let's set the basis. So the basis of this film is um, is that um, soldiers from the future uh, come in, and they basically explain that they are in a war that they're losing with these things called the White Spikes, I believe is what they call them. It's these alien creatures. Um, and so they're recruiting people from the past. And so the way that the, con- the concept is set up is that they are recruiting people um, from the past that have already had their kids um, and – they're either older um and so that, that that if they do die in this war it's not necessarily affecting the future because anyone who would have been born from them is already born and things like that and so Chris Pratt's character is someone who was a soldier not in the future war but he was a soldier he eventually moved out of that he went into teaching um had his daughter kind of unhappy with his life he eventually gets drafted into this war they they create this um worldwide draft and he's drafted into this war he goes into the future and he meets up with his daughter fully grown adult um his daughter informs him that you know he left the family um the same way that his father left and um he's gonna he's supposed to die in seven years so that's kind of why they weren't they sent him over there uh, because his death if he was to die wouldn't affect the future and so we get what's at that point kind of a straightforward like alien type um starship trooper type movie if we want to just kind of compare it to that um i i Again, the, the story, like me explaining the story, it will make it sound bare bones. And for the most part, it was. It was a straightforward, alien-type action flick. Um, Chris Pratt doing his normal Chris Pratt Pratt things. Uh, this movie was one that Amazon bought, I think, from Paramount. So it was originally meant for a theatrical release. They sold it to, to Amazon, and uh, that's how we got this film. Uh, the thing that I think if if you're a huge fan of Chris Pratt, you'll probably enjoy this movie. He does some Chris Pratt things. Not for the most part. Um, if you're a fan of like, like I said, Starship Troopers type movie, you know that's more of a of flat out comedy. But that type of of movie, like think of like Tomorrow Never Dies as well. Like it's a it's a it's a lot of in a lot of the movies that we'll talk about today are kind of like mix ups of a lot of different other movies. Um, that's why I kind of threw them all in there together because I don't think there's there's like they they would have needed their own full review. Um, but I think overall with this movie, I, I think the performances are great. There are some scenes from this movie that are beautiful. I won't really spoil a lot. Um, And I think for the most part, it just felt like it was too long, like it was overbloated. I think it would have really benefited from better editing. Like I feel like this movie had two completely different endings. There's one ending. You know what? I don't think I can really do this movie justice without talking about it. So spoilers from this point on for Tomorrow War. If you don't want to hear spoilers for Tomorrow War, you can kind of stop here. I'll put a timestamp for when I start the next film. If you want to hear that, but spoilers for Tomorrow War. Um, so this movie, like, it feels like it's it's coming to a climax. We have this where they're they're looking for the queen, uh, the last female of the, of this alien race, and they capture her. Uh, they get taken to their base, um, and it everything kind of feels like it's going to me. I honestly thought the film was going to end. It ended with his daughter creating this formula that basically kills the aliens. It, if you can eject them with it, it kills them, eats them, eats them from the outside, and. You know, so that they create that and she wants him to take it back to the future. I mean, to the past, um, because they believe that the aliens were probably around before then, or they can synthesize it in the past. Then when the aliens pop up, they can use that to battle them. And hopefully it's not as many deaths. Uh, One thing that I didn't mention is that um, even when people with people from the past going to the future to help fight this war, um, they have a survival rate of 20%. So only 20% of people come back and they have this like implant that automatically brings them back after seven days um but so his daughter in the future creates this formula um and he and like the queen gets out and it's this beautiful scene of him holding on to her hand and like i said like him battling mentally with the fact that he left he ultimately is going to leave his family his dad there's a whole um side story of like him not really being close with his dad who's played by jk simmons um uh and so he's holding on to her as like the alien is holding on to the bottom like they're hanging off this not really a ship is it a ship i don't know how to word it um and so she slips and falls he lets go to try to catch her um, uh, because his timer's getting ready to go up to send him back to the pass i don't know if he's thinking hoping that it's gonna bring her back to the pass with her but it's this beautiful scene of like the monster her and then him falling after both of them and then like being mid-fall and the sun kind of being behind them on an angle it's a beautiful beautiful shot and uh so he goes back into the past and i really thought that the movie was going to stop there because they could have they could have completely stopped it with him saying i have this formula we need to synthesize this when the creatures pop up we'll be able now have something new to fight them with but the movie kind of ramps up again for 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 its third act at that point and i think so the the movie just felt really really long and that felt like an almost natural spot to end the movie he's He's filled with this knowledge. Can he actually change the future? You know, they could have possibly did a sequel picking up, but no, they they get it all in one movie. And so at that point, he now they by the luck of like this this kid or this younger guy who is um who like follows like things in the Arctic. They basically find where the alien ship landed. They actually landed years before they emerged. Um, and they're kind of sleeping in this cryostasis thing. Um, they find the location of the alien in the past um he goes with his friend uh and his father jk simmons as well as the uh fu- some of the future soldiers after the government uh kind of denied uh denied their requests to um to do this mission so they went ahead did their mission anyway they eventually go on the ship uh the queen gets out now in the future they battle the and it is this whole climactic battle what is the the chris pratt son with his father jk simmons and they are uh, fighting this alien and the the father's punching him. Chris Pratt's punching him. They got gunshots. At one point, the father's ready to sacrifice himself. Cuts his hand open while the queen is flying towards him. Chris Pratt kind of attacks. Um, and they are able to inject it with the um the serum that his daughter uh created. So it, it's it's a it's a very like I said the hours. The movie's about two hours and eighteen minutes, and it really you feel every minute of that. And I I think that that's what the biggest um point is. I know that they had like this it's like a a, a, interstellar is a great comparison to it's like a mix between interstellar and and alien but i think that um you really feel that runtime and i think had you condensed it some you could have still got a lot of the spirit of what they wanted to tell with the father and the son and the father and the daughter and and just that that family aspect of it i think you could have got a lot of that with making it a little bit more streamlined and thus making it a better film to me now there could be people who saw who see this movie um and You know, maybe the runtime isn't a problem for them. I think for me, though, the runtime hugely stuck out. It was a major problem. And I think that that is definitely something that um, that hurt the movie for me. Like I said, this is just a a for me thing. It hurt the movie for me. I don't think it's bad. I think a lot of the reviews are 50 50 on it as well. And I wonder I haven't really read a lot of reviews. I kind of watched it the same day it was it was made available to the public and I didn't get to still haven't read or watched any other reviews on YouTube or anything like that um so i'd I'd be interested to see like how many other people point out the runtime or maybe the movie feels a little too bloated um but other than that i think like they had the potential to have a really good action movie with a theme of family there but i think that you know them not deciding which way they wanted to go and trying to make it everything be in um i think is what hurt the movie like i said in my opinion overall i would give tomorrow war solid six and a half out of ten for me like i said not bad at all um just you know something i I, i'll probably go back and watch it's not anything that like it's hugely sticking out to me where i'm just like this is horrible i'm never gonna watch this movie again um but you know i think i i personally think that uh that it could have benefited from that editing but solid movie overall um we're gonna go ahead and play a trailer for our next movie now which is infinite starting uh starring mark walberg starring mark Wahlberg and uh chiatel I I feel like I never say his name right, but we're gonna get into the trailer of that. Come back, we're gonna review that right after this. Evan Macaulay. Diagnosed with schizophrenia at 14. After carving the words, look inside into your chest with a box cutter. Look inside. Why those words? Which one of these is yours? Look, you could skip the, uh, whatever the hell this is because none of that is mine. Was it yours? I don't know what you're talking about, I don't know what you're Jesus! Every time you say, I don't know, this trigger gets pulled. Is it yours? Look, I don't know. Are you out of your mind? Last chance, Evan. Is this yours? Hello old friend. Alright, so infinite. Um. And this so the next two movies that probably I'm probably not going to go as into detail with, because honestly, Infinite, I don't have as much to say on Fear Street really just dropped like a day uh before this recording. So I really don't want to go too far into spoilers. I also think Fear Street is something that me and JB will probably review together, uh, especially since it's a trilogy all dropping in consecutive weeks. I really think that me and JB can get that. Uh, maybe do one episode where we're talking about the whole trilogy. So I'm not gonna go into super big detail with the next two films, but infinite. Um and so the plot overall plot of this movie is very similar to the old guard, which I think was excellent on Netflix. Um, it's basically these um certain group of people, they're able to remember their past lives, they're reincarnated, they're not necessarily immortal. In the way that oh the the characters in O'Gar were immortal, these characters can very well die, and then when they're die, they're di- when they die, they're reincarnated. Our main character here is Mark Wahlberg's character, and this is a guy who has been diagnosed, I think, as schizophrenic. Um, and so it ends up coming out that he was diagnosed. It's really him trying to remember his past lives, and usually the the people the, the group of people who are able to have this ability to re to remember their past lives, those those memories come back at an early age. So when he was a kid, diagnosed with schizophrenia, he was get put on medicine and it kind of kept his memories from coming back. So a large part of this movie is the varying groups. Uh we have a we have a good side of these immortal people and we have a bad side led by Chiatel Chia Chetel for I, I know a am in his name. I'm sorry. Um so we we have the two sides um that are trying to get him to remember him because there's this MacGuffin of an egg that can wipe out all of humanity basically. And so um, the people led by Chiatel Oldrafer, uh, they want to end all life on earth so that they can, they, they look at this immortality, this rebirth as a burden. Whereas the other side, the good guy side of it, which was originally led by a previous incarnation of Mark Walbrook's character. Um, they look at it as a gift and they look at themselves as protectors of not only knowledge, but people. And so um, we, 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 the, I would say this, right? So the old guard, if it wasn't for the old guard coming out and doing a very similar concept better within the last year or so, I don't think I would have disliked infinite as much as I did, but it ultimately made infinite just feel like bland. Like I, it didn't do anything as good as the old guard did. I didn't have any performances as good as the old guard did. Didn't have any action scenes as good as the old guard. And I think that's what, well, let me say that the, the, one of the last scenes in this movie involves a plane and free fall. And I think that that was beautifully done. But even then, I don't think anything in this film was done as good as what the old guard was able to do. And ultimately, that is what hurts this film the most to me, is that it was so similar to something that just came out it's, it that that was better. It's just like I left feeling like, OK, well, this was a waste of my time. Um, and, you know, we recently got announcement that the old guard sequel is moving forward at Netflix. I'm really looking forward to that. I wouldn't be surprised if Infinite gets a a sequel as well, like um, the 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 overarching plot in this movie leaves so much great storytelling possible when you have people reliving their lives and you can like jump forward in time. Um, ultra Carbon, it's yeah, I guess you know, ultra Carbon is technically the same person but different bodies. Like, it's just that it, it's very similar, like a mix between Ogar, Highlander, and ultra Carbon is what Um Infinite ends up being. And like I said, ultimately, like Chiatel Ultrafer did an amazing job. He always he, he chose that scenery, he's a great villain. I think he classes any other actor in this movie in any scene that he's in he's just a great actor and i think for that performance alone this film is worth a, is worth a watch for sure um but all but here's my thing um and you know for all i know that these movies could have been in production at the same time not saying i'm not at all accusing infinite of trying to be old guard because i mean with it, with the amount of time between the releases they had to be like in production at the same time um, so I'm not saying that, but I, I think this is a perfect example, in my opinion, of how the lead of a film really elevates a film and elevates a concept. Because I think when you have Charlize Theron versus Mark Wahlberg and leading these movies is that Charlize's like her portrayal in that character was so much more to it. And then, you know, even the secondary characters, I think had more personality, more personality Um that film also the world in old guard felt more lived in it felt more vibrant um this movie really just felt like it was the -the run-of-the-mill action movie and i would say for a streaming movie it was good like you know it's what streaming used to be when like yes we've gotten to a point now where like um amazon prime netflix hulu they have these movies and these films that are just as good as anything you will see on the big screen but for a large part of when streaming first started it was like solid movies to bad movies that it was just cool to have on and that's what infinite felt like to me and i'm a mark Wahlberg fan um but i think mark Wahlberg works in a certain sense and i think his character supposed to be someone like once the the flip switches for him and he has his old memories back and he's supposed to be like this guy who has these hundreds and hundreds of years of memories and like this leader i just don't think that ever came out like it was a better his character was better when it was the fish out of the water trying to understand how he's reincarnated in this whole world, but it, I, I don't know. Like, I will say the ending scene where they had the boy playing his character and, and re, being reincarnated, like, there was something special there. I wouldn't mind seeing that kid um, come back. But, like, I just, like I said, uh, not, to, not to belabor the point, I just think that ultimately the old guard did it better, and thus it hurt this film for me. Um, wasn't, again, not a terrible movie at all, just solid. Um, but because it's, it's, they're both on streaming services and both that I'm subscribed to. If I was in the mood for this type of film, I would go to old guard every single time rather than going back and rewatching infinite. And that's just my personal opinion. Again, there may be some people who like, who prefer this over old guard. And, you know, I would love to, to hear that, that view and that opinion. I'm not saying that one is right or wrong, but old guard for me, I would easily rank old guard about a seven, seven and a half. And Infinite for me is about a five, five and a half to me. It's just right down the middle. Uh, nothing that's too bad about it to where I could say it's terrible or I wouldn't recommend somebody going to see it. I just feel like, hey, if you don't have anything going on, you want to watch something, it's a solid watch. That's my opinion on that. Um, yeah, I mean, performances were okay. Nothing was out of this world uh, or, or or bad either. I think that Mark Wahlberg doesn't have the chemistry to match the villain and that always, you know... That, it's always something to that when that happens that I think for me, it makes the movie not as enjoyable Um, because I just wanted to see more of Chiatel Oldrafer's character. Like I, I would love to see a movie with him being the anti-hero or the villain. Like, uh, and you know, it does have that thing where the villain really feels convicted and they feel that like, they're, they're doing the right thing. Um, And some of the scenes that he has with like the people where he, he's saying, Oh, well you were this King and you were like, you, he made this movie for me. That doesn't mean that, You may see it and may have a difference of opinion, but yeah, overall, I'll give this one a five and a half out of 10. Uh, But I think if you like this, you love Old guard Let's get into the last movie that we have to review. We're gonna get into the trailer for Fear Street 1994, which is the first in a trilogy of movies from Netflix. And I'm gonna, this one's gonna be really short, um, really, really short because I don't want it because I really, really feel like me and JB will have a really great conversation about this, but we're gonna get into the trailer for that. I'll catch you guys right after this. Dude, what the hell? This is exactly why you have no friends. Look, some gal killed a bunch of people at the mall last night. Holy shit. Another shady side tragedy. Fits the narrative, right? Sarah, fear's back. Christ, not you two. There's no angry dead witch. The only thing that made him go crazy is this town. The dude was wearing a Halloween skull mask. How is that not fun? Guys, I think there's someone in the woods. We're together for one night, and dead people are trying to kill us. Maybe we are doomed. She was so sexy, but so crazy. Normal bitches don't bleed black blood. All right. Well, who, why, why the fuck would I decide to do three movies in a time where I don't have JB? I have no fucking idea. Um, <laughs> that's my right hand man. That's my partner. But you know, I, it's been so long since you gave you guys content. There's been so much dropping and so much more on the horizon. I really wanted to do a catch up. Um, I probably, you know, if I can get JB, probably try to do fast nine with him. If not, I may do fast nine by myself or invite a different guest on, but we need to start giving you guys content. So that's why we're here um like i said jb's a really busy guy he has a lot going on that's my brother um but moving on from that uh last movie that we have we just played a trailer for it if i did my job correctly that would have been fear street 1994 and what i want to say about this movie from the opening i was engulfed in this movie i saw the trailers i know when netflix announced it i didn't realize that they were actually building it off the fear street novels um from rl stein who also d- did goosebumps and i feel like this this got fear street right whereas like goosebumps made it for the kids which i guess it makes sense because uh the goosebumps novels were always supposed to be um more for children um so you know fear street novels were supposed to be ones that were uh for you know young teens and one thing about this movie is that they give you the gore and i love that this is a hard r movie this isn't a family horror movie this is a horror movie through and through and they set that for you and they let you know that very at the very start of this film it has one of the better opening scenes for a horror movie that you know a streaming horror movie that i've seen in a while um and i really love the the pace of it and the fact that they let you know like hey this isn't any kiddie shit i love that they did that i feel like you know the 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 cast in this is is all kids um and so it's uh kiana I, i don't know how to say their names uh but the cast of kids, the only one that I was familiar with before uh, before this was uh, the character who plays Josh because he was in uh, Rim, Rim of the World, I think is the name of it. It was another Netflix movie about kids at summer camp, and I really liked that movie. Dropped last year, I believe, or maybe the year before. Um, and so I think that the the interaction between the three main leads, and actually the group of leads, we, we kind of get this, this Scooby gang of people who really stay together and stay alive for most of the movie uh, before they start getting picked off. Uh, but the pacing of this film and the lore that they're trying to build and you know i think the fact that they were they built these three movies knowing that they were going to be a trilogy and drop it and like it's not really an anthology it kind of is like the way that i would look at this is that the way that they seem like they're going is that it's it is kind of an analogy anthology film but what would have been like the booking narrative the kind of overarching narrative in recent day They just made that the first film in this, and this story is going to continue while they're like telling the stories of the past as they go through. And I really like that lore. I really like that narrative that they're building with that. I think that this is a different type of horror series that you can do. And you know, if they execute it, to me they execute it with this first one. I think I'll give this first one a solid seven and a half out of ten. You know, those eights and nines are hard for me to for, for me to give. I think that this trilogy overall has the has the the chance to be an eight eight and a half if if they're as good as this first one definitely but i think this like i said the story that they're told the connection that they built with the kids the fact that you can identify and that they don't pander to it being kids they put these kids in very mature situations and hor- horrific situations and they never pull away from that whereas like something like a scary stories to tell in the dark which wasn't rated r or like um trying to think of anything else recent that involved kids or even the Rim in the World movie that I that I even though that's not labeled a horror movie, I think you know, those pander to it being kids in the movie and they make it the comedy and everything very built around expecting that the 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 audience that's watching this is going to be really young. What with this film, the Fear Street films, they don't do that at all. Yes, these are supposed to be kids and teenagers, and they are their cast to their to the correct age they do not pull back on the horror elements at all like you get these kids in these horrific situations with people being decapitated and their face being ripped to shreds and like the 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 way that they the way that the kids kind of deal with it i think doesn't play into like uh, how kids are really react in situations like that if they were put in this but i think overall for horror fans you know this podcast started off as a horror film review podcast this is the type of shit that i love this is the type of things like i would expect to be on shutter i'm glad that netflix is doing that and it's not like some some one-off blumhouse rejects or whatever like this is a series that was built for netflix and that it's really really good and that's the the highest compliments that i can give something like this it's a really solid horror film and one that like i didn't dive into the story i think overarching if we want to say there's some some slasher and some supernatural elements um all built into this one um but that's really all i'm going to tell you like maybe I'll do like a recap of the overall story if means if J- if it's something that JB doesn't or is not interested in but overall this for the first entry really great really great thanks for sticking with me film fans like I said this is just a quick hit I'm all streaming films and you know maybe if they were major releases I would have gotten some more depth but this is the first one back I'm solo wanted to give you guys some content let me know what you think about it let me know if you how you feel about these movies um uh, overall a solid group of movies i don't nothing in this group of movies stood out as, ter- as terrible at all as you can tell with the first two reviews i really really love the f- fear street 1994 really really love that movie uh maybe it's just me being star for horror i don't know but i really did enjoy that film and you know you can follow us collectively at the film bros um you can send us any feedback questions comments concerns the film frequency pod at gmail.com if you want to follow me solo, you can do so at C E o Hey, is it H A I Z E. Follow my brother J B at the P1JB um on Twitter. Uh let me know how you guys feel. I'm I'm probably going, I don't know if you can create a podcast letterbox. I'm probably gonna get on letterbox myself. I know JB was on there heavily. He was at one point knocking out reviews for old films, new films, everything. So check him out. I don't know what his letterbox is, but I'm thinking about getting on there as well. Uh, you know, flex my little writing skills a little bit, but uh this has been the film frequency. We are coming back. I I am making so I am out of town uh here shortly. So you may get a missed week there. I may try to pre-record something, but I am I am focused on dropping an episode at least once a week for the film frequency. Um hopefully with JB if he can come back. If not with the guest or something else, because you know, I miss this podcast and I love film. I don't get to talk about film as much as I want to uh since we've been taking this break and I watch movies all the time i'm at the movie theater basically once a week um now now that everything's back open so uh went two times this week uh because i got to see both the purge and uh fast nine in theaters this week so um maybe look out for drops on those but this has been another episode of the film frequency and uh i'm signing off i love you guys peace This has been a presentation of The Breaks Breaks Media. Media.